Support for this podcast is provided by WorkMarket, an ADP company. Businesses that are looking to gain visibility, automation and security in managing their extended workforce use an end-to-end platform to efficiently and compliantly identify, onboard, organise, rate and pay their freelancers, independent contractors or contingent workers. Check out workmarket.com to see how you can unlock the power of your extended workforce. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 291 of the Recruiting Future podcast. We've been talking about the rise of the gig economy for several years now, but perhaps not properly considering its full implications. The labour market is now reshaping itself rapidly, and there are clear signs that many employers are looking at developing an extended workforce that's task-focused rather than focusing on headcount. The impacts for talent acquisition, talent management and employer branding are significant and the role of technology will be crucial. My guest this week is Jens Aldenart, Division Vice President and General Manager for Work Market at ADP. ADP has been doing a considerable amount of research into the nuances of the extended workforce and Jens has some valuable insights to share. Hi, Jens, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure. Um, I'm the Division Vice President at ADP, and ADP, or Automatic Data Processing, is the world's leading provider of human capital management uh, technology and services. Um, and specifically at ADP, my role is I run uh, a division called Work Market. Uh, which is a recent acquisition by ADP, and it is a SaaS platform that allows companies to um, pretty much manage the entire life cycle, if you will, of engaging with their extended workforce. A lot of ADP services are catered to uh, payroll and HR of traditional, what we in the U.S. call W-2 employees, and work market does all of that before the extended workforce, so contractors and freelancers. And tell us a little bit more about ADP Ventures. Sure. ADP Ventures is uh, ADP's, what I would call a new business incubator. Um, so I actually had the fortune uh, to launch that group within ADP a couple of years before uh, the work market acquisition. And it's really um, kind of a, a lab, if you will, where we kind of look around the corner um, and we look at opportunities, business opportunities, and really value propositions for the market that traditionally aren't really being addressed by the human capital management ecosystem. Um, and so this is really where, um, as ADP, we started looking at the gig economy, um, this, this large population of contractors out there that are doing uh, a lot of work um, and all these companies that are engaging them but there wasn't really any human capital management technology uh, that kind of uh, facilitated those engagements. So that's really where the idea around bringing the gig economy into the human capital management ecosystem started out. Um, and we 
we kind of built a couple of prototypes around it. And then we started looking at potential acquisitions as well. So that's how the work market acquisition by ADP came about, uh, which we closed in early 2018. And we obviously, we still have a lot of really uh, exciting initiatives going on in the ADP ventures world outside of the gig economy as well. So 2020, it's just been an incredibly challenging year for everyone, but obviously in the context of talent, of HR, of talent acquisition, you know, there's been lots of sort of very, very specific challenges that employers are facing and and having to overcome and indeed still dealing with. From your perspective, what are the the main challenges that that you're seeing which organisations are currently having to face in the talent arena? Um, Well, there's obviously a ton, right? If you think about it, so much has changed this year. If we had this conversation six months ago, we'd just a vastly different conversation. Uh, this pandemic really is the largest external shock to to the global economy in, in our lifetime, uh, for both of us, I think, um, uh, and also obviously uh, to the way that people work. So, so the way that, that we look at it, I think there's really three kind of key trends that have emerged around how people do work uh, in these last six months. Um, I think uh, there's obviously been a either sudden plummeting of demand for a lot of organizations or a sudden surge. There are certain organizations and companies that actually have seen demand spike uh, with everything that's going on with the coronavirus and the lockdown of economies. Um, the, the biggest shift probably is really how quickly and how successfully a lot of companies have been able to shift to work from home. Um, here at ADP, we pretty much almost overnight were able to have 98% of our almost 60,000 uh, employees shift to a work from home model, which is, which is pretty impressive. And a lot of other organizations have been able to do that as well. Uh, and then I think the, the third key uh, trend that we're seeing or observation that I would make is uh, that we just continue to live in very uncertain times. Um, you know, maybe back in, in, in February or March, depending on which geography you're in, people thought this would be a couple of months. And as we see economies reopen, we see second waves. And so uh, economies kind of lock down again and business demand retracts again. And so for, for company leaders, it's really hard to predict where they'll be in a couple of months. Travel restrictions don't make that easy either. Um, and so that really leads to even more uh, need or a higher need uh, to think differently around how you work with your teams uh, and to be much more flexible. And so specifically to the gig economy, I think this will lead to many more companies really thinking through how can I leverage an extended workforce to be much more flexible. Um, They are typically already working remotely and companies now realize that remote work actually really does work. Um, They typically allow companies to scale up and down based on demand, and that's something that's needed because of this uncertainty. Um, And then very importantly, and I think we should talk about this uh, today as well, uh, they're very task-based, and so you don't really have the overhead of a W2 traditional employee. You really bring in people for a specific job, and that's the job they'll do, you know, when you need them and where you need them. Uh, and so as, as we reopen and as the economy is, you know, hopefully going to start growing again, uh, companies will be very cost conscious. And so just being able to be much more task focused rather than headcount focused, I think will be important 
uh, for companies to to grow uh, their profitability again. And just to dig into a, a couple of things that you you said there in a, in, in a bit more detail. So obviously, back in March, we were hoping that this was a very temporary thing that that would pass quickly. We're recording this in the in the middle of August, and it's 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 fairly clear that this is around for the long term. And and companies are, are really, as you say, going to have to think differently as they move forward. Now, I know that that lots of employers are currently very much in planning mode for the for the future for 2021 22 and beyond in terms of how they sustain themselves how they deal with this disruption but also how they make the most of some of the new trends that we're seeing what should organizations be doing to future proof them themselves against the the, the the current issues but also things that that might be coming down the track that we've that we've not even imagined yet yeah it's uh it's a great question. I think a lot of people uh, would love to have a crystal ball right now because there is really so much uncertainty, right? Um, I think based on just the, the the trends that we're seeing and the flexibility that companies are going to have to embrace, as I said, I think it's going to be very important for companies uh, and for HR leaders um, to really start thinking about what are the tasks or what are the assignments that need to get done uh, so that we don't kind of rebuild our organization in the same old-fashioned way that, that we've done for, you know, decades, hundreds of years, right? I, I'd, I'd like to often um, kind of compare that task-based approach to people with some of the uh, revolutions that we've seen elsewhere, software as a service, when Salesforce came out, a platform or infrastructure as a service with AWS. Um, you know, in, in the tech space, we've seen this evolution where companies don't really have to um, build an infrastructure for maximum scale. They can kind of rely on providers out there and scale up and down. And if you think about a company's most valuable and in many cases most expensive asset, which is its people, uh, we really still have a very old-fashioned approach thinking in terms of, you know, 40 hours a week headcount. Um, and so it's going to be very important for uh, companies and HR leaders to really start thinking of the jobs to be done as task-based or assignments so they can better map um, skills um, and people and resources needed to the tasks that need to get done. It's interesting, but if you ask uh, workers or employees um, if they use all their skills at work, it's only about 35% that's say that they do, uh, which is a pretty uh, low number and it's somewhat disappointing. Um, we really don't do a good job today to really match what's the job that needs to get done with the skills and the resources that we put against that. So I think that's going to be uh, one very important trend. Um, and, I, you know, just as we have software as a service and platforms as a service, I like to think of this as your workforce um, as a service, which really uh, comes back down to leveraging an extended workforce, right? It's much easier to do if you kind of scale up and down using contractors as well. I think that's an important uh, trend that companies will have to embrace. Um, and then, you know, when it comes to trends that we see out there, demographics uh, obviously are a very important one in terms of uh, what the workforce of the future is going to look like and how we're going to engage them. Um, and the demographics also lead us to believe that companies need to rely more on an extended workforce. We have a large portion of the workforce, in, in the West at least, uh, that is 
reaching retirement age, and that's aging. Um, and in general, our life expectancy is increasing. Uh, but in, in many of the Western societies, sadly enough, the savings rate and the financial wellness is there for all these people to just start retiring at 65 and still live uh, 20 years. Uh, and the social welfare and safety nets may not be there either. So um, I think what we'll see is a population there that will want to continue to be engaged in the workforce in a different way, in a different modality, and they'll be contractors uh, rather than full-time employees. Um, and then on the flip side, we see the same with uh, the younger generation, Gen Zs, if you will, joining the workforce um, that are much more likely to prefer to work independently, to own their own schedule, to forge their own path. Um, this whole you know, lifetime employment uh, with, with one company where you get your gold watch at the at the at 65, it doesn't exist anymore, right? And so um, I think uh, for for companies to really tap into the right talent, they have to meet that talent where it's at. And a lot of these people are going to be working independently. So I think um, you know both demographics as well as breaking down jobs into more task based. Uh, and be, be much more rigorous around who you assign to which jobs. Both of those trends really lead me to believe that uh, the future of work is going to be much more contractor-based than, than it is today. And I think one of the interesting implications for that is round is round employer brand because we often talk about employer brand and, and talent brand on this particular podcast, but it's always nearly always in reference to full time permanent workforces and not necessarily the the extended workforce you're, you're talking about. What's your view on talent brand and and how do people need to think differently when they're thinking of how that applies? to the extended workforce as a, as a driver to bring the right talent into their organization at the right time? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we, we spoke a little bit about technology already, which is obviously a requirement, but but for for companies to really be in, to tap into all those different source labor, they really have to do what I, what I would like to call total talent management and total talent acquisition. And with that real um, a total talent brand, if you will, and you mentioned talent brand, but you also said employer brand, it feels like employer brand is a notion that a lot of companies really embrace. They know that they have to be an employer of choice to draw in the right employees and the best employees. Um, for the extended workforce, for the contractors, for the freelancers, more often than not, that it's not even an afterthought. No one is really thinking about, you know, how the employer or the company is being perceived um, as a client of choice or not for the contract. And the reality is that as organizations rely more and more on these contractors, you have to make sure that you attract the right contractors, the best contractors, and that those that are good actually want to work for you and want to come back and work for you more often. Um, and I think it's a wake-up call for a lot of companies sometimes when they look at the the share of the total, if you will, you know, heads in, in within the organization, and they look at the share of contractors, and then they look at all of the HR processes and everything that's being done around engagement, or diversity and inclusion, um, all of these really good processes that we think engage our employees, and nothing is being done for this really large share 
of people that are almost equally important to the organization. And so I think it's going to be very important for companies to be much more holistic around how they think about talent management, talent brand, talent acquisition, and really do that across the spectrum of the different types of workers. Um, and HR leaders and talent acquisition leaders are really going to have to um, take more of an active role in that uh, because the reality is that today in many organizations, contracts really still are dollar numbers that are managed by procurement or by finance and not necessarily by the HR department. Uh, so it's, uh, it's critical for, for HR leaders to kind of change their mindset and really start thinking about all the people that are needed to kind of com- deliver on the mission of the organization and not just a fraction uh, of people that, you know, might just be on that certain type of employment contract. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's, it's something that, that, that all employers need to be thinking about and, and thinking about right now. Just give us some examples of ways that you're seeing companies using extended workforces. There's so many. So I want to be, I want to be mindful not to paint a uh, kind of the stereotypical picture of, of specific uh, pockets. Um, the, the ADP Research Institute, uh, which is a, a research institute affiliated with ADP, obviously we have a lot of data within ADP based just on the scale of our organization. We did a really interesting study um, in, in, that was released in January or February of this year uh, where we looked at 10 years of data across our thousands of um, customers um, and found that about one in six workers was a gig worker. Uh, and in that 10 year period, um, the, the share of gig workers has gone up by 15%. Uh, and I'm just sharing those numbers and, you know, other people have other numbers, but, but that gig economy is really large. It's over a trillion dollars in spend in the U.S. alone. Um, so I don't want to paint a picture that it's kind of very specific pockets. Um, it's really across industries, uh, and it can be across capabilities. Uh, where we're seeing it a lot is in areas such as anything that's field service related, you know, something that needs to get done in the field. It could be team maintenance. It could be repair of something. It could be an inspection of, you know, you name it, you know, after a storm, look whether or not cell phone towers are still intact. Um, a lot of that. Um, Obviously, a lot of uh, media, creative, content creation, um, there's a lot of freelancers there, obviously. That's typically how people think of freelancers. Um, on-site support, event support, you know, could be security, could be any kind of life event. Uh, there's a ton of contractors there. Um, and then interestingly, as, as we kind of see um, surges in demand in certain areas um, because of the pandemic, um, you know, you, we, as you might expect, we saw more contractors in, in some of the more traditional areas around delivery, supply chain, uh, but also in areas such as healthcare uh, and home care, um, as well as uh, education and uh, remote tutoring with the many schools being closed. So, um, so we definitely uh, saw some interesting use cases and companies getting out of the box 
already just in the last few months based on uh, the shifts that we've seen in the economy. Obviously, managing an extended workforce is is a very, very complex thing, particularly if people are working at that at that that task level you you also mentioned that employers might not even be aware of how big their extended workforce is or certainly hr might not be aware of how big their extended workforce actually is is this something that technology can help with yes absolutely um and the the extended workforce is it, it kind of includes a lot of different people right and so um for for kind of temp workers people that typically you know, you engage for multiple months and um, they're not your technical employees, uh, but they're kind of work just like employees. Um, there are vendor management systems, right, VMSs. And if you think about um, that wave of technology, you know, large companies, maybe 15% or so had adopted those systems um, in, you know, in the early 2000s. And now a vast majority, over 80% of companies have such systems in place. Um, and they're great to help companies manage uh, that kind of contractors. But uh, what we're trying to do with Work Market um, is really create a very nimble uh, consumer-grade platform that allows um, your, your leaders, your employees, directly to engage with the gig workers out there, with the talent out there, and really um, take out... Um, take out a lot of the complexity and the bureaucracy of engaging with gig workers. So, um, so that's really what we're hoping to do um, and helping companies by implementing our software to really create the right processes and guardrails um, around how to engage with, uh, with gig workers um, to create the visibility and audit trails. So you actually know who's doing what um, and hopefully that leads to efficiency and cost savings. Um, and obviously also very importantly to manage risk, right? Um, you know, in the US, worker classification um, is something that's top of mind of any company that is um, engaging with gig workers, but obviously uh, in other geographies across the world, there are a lot of regulations around uh, how you engage with workers. And, and so we just want to make sure that our platform uh, keeps companies safe from a regulatory perspective. So we said earlier that no one's got a crystal ball and particularly at the moment, it's pretty much impossible to, to predict the future. But obviously, as an organisation, you're, you're doing lots of research, you're talking to you're talking to lots of people. What's on your radar? What do you think we can expect to see in the next two to three years when it comes to the kind of the evolution of, of, of work and the, and the workforce? So I think some of the trends that we talked about, which are really around meeting the talent where they're at. Uh, you know, we talked about some of those demographic uh, trends, uh, as well as being much more task-based. You know, I think that train's left the station and companies will really start thinking about that. Um, and they will start adapting uh, the right software platforms to help them uh, manage uh, the, that extended workforce. Um, I think what, what's kind of the next wave beyond that is really, you know, we touched uh, on it just now, is more around how do regulations um, and how do kind of government provisions keep up with that? You know, uh, the workforce is evolving, demographics are evolving, the way that companies do business is evolving. But um, I'm going to be a little bit US-centric here, but the, the kind of labor statutes haven't been evolving, right? And we talked about worker classification just now. 
but it, it, it's more than that. You know, people want to work independently, um, but they also want to be able to get a mortgage. And, you know, guess what? To get a mortgage, you got to show typically a W-2 form and stable income here uh, in the United States. Um, and they also want to be able to have access to benefits. And so I think from a regulatory perspective, there's more work to be done to really make sure that the, the regulation, the statutes, and the provisions really allow both companies and workers to engage uh, in the way that they that they want to engage. And how do you think things will develop from a technology perspective? Um, from a from a from a technology perspective, um, I, I would say I mean, we're going to see more adoption uh, of what I what I kind of talked about systems like work market, uh, freelance management systems, where uh, workers within an organization can very quickly uh, and very efficiently engage with uh, gig workers. And then what we, what we need to see is for all of the different systems to come together. Um, so things like VMSs and FMSs to really become an integral part of the overall human capital management ecosystem so that HR leaders and business leaders can really start looking um, and thinking through all of their labor in, in one spot. And so final question, where can people find you and where can they find out more about the, the work and research that ADP are doing? That's a good question. Uh, they can find out more about Work Market by going uh, to our website, workmarket.com, um, and they can request demos there and engage with the team. Uh, they can obviously also go to uh, go to adp.com uh, and find out more about the research that the ADP Research Institute is doing. And if they want to get in touch with me, they can uh, easily find me on uh, LinkedIn or on Twitter. My handle is at Jens Audenhart, which um, I say easily, but good luck spelling that. <laughs> of course, your name will be in the show notes, so people will be able to, to see how it's spelled. Jens, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks so much, Matt. This is amazing. My thanks to Jens Aldenart. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also make sure you follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search through all the past episodes at www.recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the podcast. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.